Obviously, Road to Perdition, uh, Munich, Defiance, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, but you, uh, many people know you as James Bond. Uh, I think the greatest Bond. I oh. think you're the greatest Bond. Thank you. Thank you. I truly... I was. I remember the first oh, yeah. time. The first time. Uh, uh, Casino Royale. At the end. It said, you know, James Baldwin will return. I went. Be better. Oh, thank you that, very much. I would see another. I would see another Dame, uh, Daniel Craig James Bond movie in a minute. Right. Now you've been reported to have accepted the role of James Bond again in the New York Times back in July. They said that you. Yeah. Are going to be the next James Bond, and people have been asking about it all day. Yes, they have. I have a good interviews. Yeah. I've been quite cagey about it. I've been doing interviews all day, and people have been asking me, and I've, I think I've been rather coy. But I kind of felt like, you know, sort of, oh, I was going to sort of speak the truth. I should speak the truth to you. And you should. Well, Daniel Craig, we, we could use some good news here. Uh, Daniel Craig, will you return as James Bond? Yes. Thanks so much. Daniel Craig, everybody. Okay, welcome to Trimming the Movie Fat, the podcast that trims films from franchises that don't belong. I'm Stephen Nicholson. I'm Paul Nicholson. And thank you for returning for part two of our look at Daniel Craig's James Bond movies. In the previous pod, we looked at Craig's first three movies, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace and Skyfall. Today, it's the turn of the contentious final two entries, Spectre and No Time to Die. Will these movies survive the back-to-work Skyfall-like MI6 physical assessment? Or will we be borrowing Blofeld's Spectre torture device to stick needles into our brain to forget about them? Keep listening to find out. As ever, we'll share some Bond movie facts, provide an overview of each movie and share our thoughts on each. And to end, we'll rank all five movies in order of each of our preferences. Joining us, driving through the almost deserted streets of Rome, are Paul and Davy Mellon. How are you both, gents? Hello. Very well. Very well. Good, good, good. So you, you managed to survive the first three movies. I think we all, I think we were pretty much unanimous. We all gave Casino Royale and, and Skyfall the thumbs up and Quantum of Solace um, was not so enthusiastically <laughs> received. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that, that was our discussion for the last movie. Um, do you have a favourite scene from these two movies? Is there anyone that you that you immediately think of uh, when you think of these two movies, Davy? Uh, I would say it's the opening scene in the final movie. Uh, I think it goes on for about twenty-seven minutes, and it's sort of like kind of two scenes, yeah, like so a long. horror scene, and then goes into the I don't know if it's supposed to be Italy or somewhere. Yep. Um, but the action in that is just incredible. The stunts, uh, like the bike, the motorbike going up the side of the, the wall, and then that's brilliant. Well, I would agree with you. I think that's my favourite scene, the, the opening sequence, uh, including the bit that's just prior to that with the. Yeah. the um, what's the main? I can't forget, forgetting his name already. Uh, yes, 
so um, that part just before as well is fantastic so yeah I'm, I'm with you there uh, Davey yeah, sorry uh, Paul we'll have brother Paul and Paul so we'll go to Paul <laughs> <laughs> no David no. <laughs> no. I liked um, the scene in Rome when the Spectre meeting okay um, mm. you first see Blofeld <laughs> Hello, James. <laughs> I just said the way it was all set up the, for the lighting and the, the meeting and the way everyone was sitting at the table and uh, yeah. Cuckoo. <laughs> Hi, James. <laughs> and then the car chase afterwards with uh, Aston Martin. Yeah. I, I do have to point out uh, Paul's impersonation. Blofeld's went very effeminate. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, James. No, it's just like uh, he, he, looks right, he looks round. Hello, James. He just looks up on the balcony. <laughs> Is that the bit where James Bond spits out his popcorn because he's like, what? <laughs> he was just relaxing and enjoying himself there. Uh, it's, But yeah, I agree with you. That's that's a really good scene. Um, and the way it's lit and everything. It always reminded me like something out of... Um, Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut, you know, the, mm. the scene in there, which is, is kind of similar. Uh, Tom Cruise mm. goes to the kind of the big house or the mansion. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Uh, and Brother Paul, you got a favourite scene? I quite like the start of uh, Spectre, actually. The, the pre-title sequence mm. in Mexico City. Unfortunately, the film never really picks up from there. But for me, I really like the start. I think it's really good. And it's interesting because I think... Daniel Craig had like injured his leg so like he's walking along the rooftop but he's actually got a limp but he's sort of trying to cover it up uh, I, I just like that but I thought it was really good and the way the camera pans and then you, he's up in the lift mm-hmm. and then you see him in the room and then he's out on the balcony I thought it was really quite clever yeah, and it's, it's, it's a trick as well you're meant to think it's all one take and, and there was only a couple of cuts <clears throat> in it uh, there, but it's, it's clever the way they have cut it. And of course, Sam Mendes took it a step further with his uh, with his next movie in 1917, where it was all, you know, mm, supposedly right. one one giant take. So yeah, no, it's impressive. Okay, using his bionic fake eye, Blofeld has contacted us from his prison cell to tell us to get on with it. Okay, play the Spectre trailer. This organization, do you know what it's called? Its name is Spectre. Look around you, James. Everything you believed in, a ruin. Why did you come? to kill you. And I thought you came here to die. Well, it's all a matter of perspective. Good 
place. I mean, I think the end of Skyfall, as sad as it was, was a new beginning. And, you know, having uh, Rafe come and his M and sort of say, look, we've got a lot of work to do. It sort of felt like a new, um, an opportunity to sort of um, look at it in, with fresh eyes. Um, um, so I think he's, uh, you know, I think he's enjoying life. He's got, he, he's still got a, uh, a mission in his own head that he needs to sort of see through. He's got a hunch about a number of things and uh, he wants to, you know, whether he's allowed to or given permission to or not, he wants to go and uh, he wants to sort of act upon it. Triumph of Skyfall and having loved Skyfall as much as I did, which is, it, I have to say, it is still my joint favourite Bond movie, you know, with On Her Majesty's Secret Service. I, I loved it. And I, there was always that worry about revisiting something. And, you know, is it going to move on? Is it going to be a different movie? Well, as Sam Mendes said, the first thing is it is a very, very different beast. I mean, it is more playful. It is more varied. It is something which very knowingly refers back to the sort of the strange heritage and history of Bond. You know, whether we're looking at, uh, you know, From Rush With Love or The Spy You Loved Me or... Uh, you know, the, the old heritage of, of gadgets and Bond gags. It is also a movie which has got more laugh-out-loud zingers than I remember any Bond movie having for quite a long time. Many of them, I have to say, done by Ben Whishaw, whose role, he, he plays it beautifully. He has an absolutely fantastic sense of comic timing. So there was a real sense of relief in liking it as much as I did. And when that, when that moment passed, I thought, this is great. I realised how much I'd been enjoying the action sequences. One of the okay, so Spectre was released in 2015. It was directed by the returning Skyfall director, Sam Mendes. And the plot for this one, uh, a cryptic message from the past leads James Bond, still played by Daniel Craig, to Mexico City in Rome, where he meets the beautiful widow, uh, played by Monica Bellucci. Um, so uh, she is the beautiful widow of an infamous criminal. After infiltrating a secret meeting, 007 uncovers the existence of the sinister organisation Spectre. Needing the help of the daughter of an old nemesis, he embarks on a mission to find her. As Bond ventures towards the heart of Spectre, he discovers a chilling connection between himself and the enemy he seeks, played by Christoph Waltz. The gross for this one? Well, Hello, Spectre gross. <laughs> Spectre gross, 881 million US dollars worldwide on a budget of 245 to 300 million. It's never been a final budget, it's never been confirmed. Uh, and that makes it one of the most expensive films ever made. The profit multiplier, if we take that top figure of 300 million, Spectre made nearly three times its budget. And it was the sixth highest grossing movie worldwide in 20. 15. Biggest movie that year was Star Wars Episode 7 uh, The Force Awakens. That was number one that year. And it is the second highest grossing James Bond movie of all time. Ratings wise, it has a 63% fresh Rotten Tomatoes score, a 60 out of 100 critic meta score on IMDb, 61% Rotten Tomatoes audience score, and a 6.8% out of 10 IMDb audience rating. And here's a fact related to it. So Sam Mendes became the first director to make back-to-back -back Bond movies since John Glenn in 1989. And in summary, Spectre nudges Daniel Craig rebooted Bond closer to the glorious action-driven spectacle of earlier entries, although it's admittedly reliant on established 007 formula. Maybe the, the the best question to ask first is, what do we, we think 
of this movie, just in very general terms. So I'll come back to you, Brother Paul. A disappointment, because Skyfall raised the bar again, I suppose a bit like Cinderella had. And it just, I went to see it a couple of times in the cinema, but it just, it's too long for a start. It just, yeah, it just doesn't work. I, I, I don't know, it just, and I think like Christopher Walsh was like such a brilliant actor and I was so excited. It was like one of the worst kept secrets who Blofeld was and all that. And he was only in it for like five minutes, just doing his... He was hardly in it. I think it was a total waste because he was like... He is one of the best actors out there and I felt they underused him. What do you think of the the whole... And this was obviously a very big trend brought on by the Marvel movies where everything has to interlink. What did you think of them kind of retconning things to make everything that's happened to him previously all, you know, joined and also that uh, Blofeld is kind of his brother. What did you think of that? Uh, Just tying itself in knots, trying to make it all seem to fit together and it was just making it more complicated and more unbelievable. It's like, for me, Bond films, I think we talked about in the last pod we did, uh, the, the previous three Daniel Craig's and we said that Bond films aren't sequels, they aren't, they're like separate films and this it's just get and it just gets too messy, you know, they're still trying to tie things up from like almost 10 years before in Casino Royale and it just yeah, it just gets a bit messy and just a bit, I mean the, the locations are, are lovely as always but and Monica Bellucci, that's another thing. Like, she's brilliant in it. And she's in it for, like, about the same time as Christopher Waltz, you know? And they're, like, I felt they were really underused. And they could have been... Like, Mon- Mon- yeah, Monica Bellucci, for me, should have been the main oh, Bond yeah. woman. I think that's a missed opportunity. I mean, she could have been played the main Bond woman over over the years and she would have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. That was a real missed opportunity. Okay. Um well maybe cut to you, Davey. So is it is it well what do you think of it? Is it too long and were several of the cast members underused? Yeah, so um I watched it again um, just a couple of nights ago to be fair. And I was kind of looking at the the paused it to see how long it actually was and it was like two and a half hours and it felt like it was actually longer than that. Mm. But um in terms of the, the movie itself, like the, the opening scene brilliant, uh, with the sort of like the one the one take. Um but I think it's like they've kind of thought, right, what we've done in this first film, right, we need to up it a bit in the next one. So say the one building falling down like in uh, the first one he did the casino royale, let's make two oh, two of them fall down. And let's have three scenes where, well, two with helicopters, one with an aeroplane. Let's have some <laughs> air battles. So it's like they just try to um, up the number of action scenes, which, to be fair, they're pretty good. Like the the one with the, the plane chasing them. And I think that's the first time I've seen a plane sliding down since, was it the living daylights with it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the had the... The, the case for the cello, wasn't it? They're Nothing to declare except the cello. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think we're just trying to get to some of the old uh, scenes there. 
<laughs> the limited amount of screen time that Christoph Waltz had, I thought he, he came off quite good, actually. So certainly mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, the acting gravitas that he lent to it was better than some of your super baddies before, and I thought sort of, mm-hmm. sort of kind of underplayed it as well, rather than just being full Dr. Evil type. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he wasn't in it too much, to be fair, but I think uh, even like these wee cameo scene in the and the, the forward movie was just uh, brilliant. This way that he acts is, mm-hmm. uh, I was impressed. But not that. I've watched it a couple of times. I, 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 I do enjoy it, but it's not the, it's certainly not the top one in the series of five anyway. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Uh, what about you, Paul? Yeah, I, I'm more or less the same opinion. I thought um, it was okay. Um, a lot of great action sequences. Um, I did like the opening sequence with the one take and everything else, but that did get a bit silly with the helicopter flying around and people falling out and things like that. And yeah, I think um, whilst there was a lot of action in it, I think it was just a disguise of fact that it's not a particularly good story. Um, I don't know what happened to Quantum, what happened to that organisation? Has that been is that taken over by Spectre? Yeah. What happened to them? Are they going to come Hosti- back at some ho- point? Hostile takeover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disney have overtaken. So, so the cuckoo has moved in, they're taking over Quantum. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I don't know what happened to Quantum, unless there was something in the story, I don't know. Um, also, the opening, the music, the opening theme, was dreadful, I think. Was it Sam? Was it, who was it again that sang it? Sam, 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 Sam Smith. Um, surprise you, su- surprise you saying that, Paul, since you're such a big fan of his. Yeah, I know. So you're a big fan of him as well, Stephen. <laughs> to, be uh, fair, to be fair, though, so, he is looking after himself now. You know, he's keeping trim. And, d- did, yeah. you, did you use the word his? Or they, they, or he? They, they, yeah, sorry. They. Yeah. Get with it, Paul. Get with it. <laughs> yeah, Paul, get with it. <laughs> oh, he's talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was talking to you. <laughs> they did, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought their song was um, dreadful, to be honest. It wasn't a Bond theme, it was just, just a scream. Mm. Um, and I thought it did drag a bit, actually. And, yeah, it was it was well shot, well made. Mm-hmm. Yes, it the, was. The camera work and things like that, as always is with Sam Mendes. But mm-hmm. um, in terms of the story, yeah, it was... Much of a much, to be honest, and rather long. Yeah. I think Monica um, Bellucci would be better uh, used as a, a Bond girl maybe 10, 15 years ago. She would have been one of the ultimate, but she didn't get a lot of screen time in this one, but she could have been something a lot, played a lot bigger part in previous ones. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if you'll pardon the expression, we disappointed not to see more of her. <laughs> <laughs> Is, actually, um, <laughs> that that was maybe one of, one of the funniest lines in it when he goes to her husband's funeral and she asks him the question, "Did you did you know my husband?" She's like, "All too briefly." <laughs> <laughs> After firing him outside, you know, firing him from a helicopter, <laughs> I thought it was good. Were we happy? Were, were were we happy that the gun barrel was back at the beginning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 definitely. 
Yeah, and uh, Brother Paul, were you happy that uh, even though she was dead, Judy Dench came back for an appearance? Your your favourite M? No, not really. It's just it's it's another example of all oh, it's like tight together, but we'll have to go in and change that to make that work with that. It's just like it just yeah, just became ridiculous, really. But, uh, um. So- so we all we all seen this at the cinema, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I, I went to see it. Um, I think the opening weekend. I think the Sunday evening, uh, and and IMAX. And I took a long look. Look, wanted to see it, and I think look at the time must have been maybe eight years old. It was a twelve A, and <laughs> I think that was a mistake. I, I think you know, especially that sequence that you mentioned earlier, on, Paul. Yeah, with the Spectre meeting and Dave Bastuta, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. gouges the boy's <laughs> eyes. I remember, I remember watching that there and looking at Luke, thinking, "Oh, jeez." And, and he did say afterwards that 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 whole scene was for an eight-year-old. He went, "That whole scene was really quite scary," uh, which which can actually, in in retrospect, you can see it is quite creepy. Yeah. The shadows and everything there, but. Uh, that is one of the highlights of the of the movie. And um, we had the Rome chase after that. Uh, I've never been to Rome. Yeah, Paul and David, you have, haven't you? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 guessing the streets of Rome are always as deserted as that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah for a film scene. Yeah, always is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Especially in Amazing, they had free reign of the streets of Rome, huh? <laughs> and not great. a single, pa- not a single passenger or a train. <laughs> or, I know or anyone that worked in it, by the looked at, other than the um, train driver. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, for me, I mean, just pick up on the movie. I, I think there's actually a really good movie in here, but there's maybe only two thirds or half of it, uh, and I think that, and that most of that is in the first half of the movie, which is really, really very, very good. And it just maybe goes, uh, maybe loses a bit of steam in the second half. And that whole final act, which when they go back to London and go back to the the, the MI6 headquarters and stuff, just feels totally tacked on. It's like the film's ended and, oh, hold on, I've got this whole other scene to do. Uh, It it just always always feels tacked on to me and takes the runtime. It just makes it way, way too long. The... Uh, I think with well, let's we'll stick with Dave Bastuta. He was another one that's not really in it all that much, which was kind of disappointing. Or, or am I alone in, <laughs> in feeling that way? No, I, 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 I think he was in it enough because he was just um, the mm. muscle, you know, the yep. body. <laughs> but um, yeah, I remember I, I watched uh, Graham Norton. Daniel Craig was on with the cast. And he was talking about that fight on the train. And he said during the fight, he actually broke Dave Batista. What's his name? Batista, is it? Yeah. 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 He broke his nose. <laughs> Batista's just uh, sort of, he's like a f- professional wrestler and professional yeah. whatever. And he just basically straightened the nose himself. <laughs> his nose, right? Oh. Of it, right. Carry on. <laughs> uh, it was like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, that's a good sequence, though, isn't it? The train fight. Yeah. It's really yeah, brutal. Definitely. It's good stuff, and the the Madeline Swan. We've not talked her. Uh, uh, what's her name? Leah. Oh, I keep forgetting her name. The what's that? Madeline. Name? 
The French lassie. Yeah. Uh, and so Bond obviously falls for her and he's meant to be riding off into the distance with her. Uh, she mentions that she loves him when he's being tortured at Blofeld's lair. I felt that was felt like a total plot device and undeserved. What say you? Yeah. Trying to remember the scene, actually. That so maybe he's been tortured by Blofeld. <laughs> Well, that was on the dentist chairs thing with the uh, needles. Mm-hmm. And... Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bit silly that one. <laughs> uh, we've got the white pussy roaming around the cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, the witch have gone so Blofeld. There's Blofeld. There we are. <laughs> so what? What? Yeah, what? what, what do it up. Yeah, call So, what did we think? What did we think of Madeline Swan as the love interest, uh, brother Paul? I, I think she's better in the next film. I don't think she's that great in this. I don't know. I just think there is. I don't think there's a really good. There's a good chemistry between them. It's, it's just not believable. I don't know. So I. I, I felt like Monica Bellucci, and I keep on going on about it, but they should have just gave her the main part and changed the story around a bit because I think she's much better and she's she'd have a much better chemistry than Daniel Craig than than Madeline Swan. I just I don't know. It was just she was just a bit bland, really. More more age appropriate as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what do you guys think, Madeline Swan as a character? I kind of, I kind of liked her. To be fair, um, I like the scene where <laughs> <laughs> I like the scene when they're on the train and he's like trying to get her to take the gun, and she's like, "No, I don't want anything to do with guns." And he goes, "You've got to take it. All you need to do is just point it, shoot it, and try not to close your eyes." And then she just like dismantles the gun and. Shoots in there and without blinking, and it's quite good. Yeah, I enjoyed that scene. Um, we first meet her when she's obviously working at the the clinic, which is on top of the the kind of snow capped hill or mountain. And you then have a big kind of uh, fight and chasing on the the snow. I, I personally found that whole sequence once they got outside. Uh, with the plane cra- crashing and the cars not terribly exciting. Um, am I uh, alone in that, Paul? No, I think it, it seemed a bit contrived. I was like, let's mm-hmm. wake everyone up after what happened the previous or half hour or so. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just, I think it was done for the sake of it rather than being, you know, Maybe part of the story, as it were, you know, mm-hmm. some natural sort of progression. You're getting chased, and then you know you jump in a car and drive away. But I think um, using a plane for this, yeah, it's just. I like yeah. I like how he shot the passenger, but not uh, Batista, <laughs> even though he was hanging yeah. out the windscreen. Make sure <laughs> the passenger side person's dead by shooting them, but not the the main boy that's going after him. Yeah, 
not 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 the guy that's getting paid a lot of money to be the the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a budget here. And at the end, obviously, well, what what probably should have been the end before we get the tact on London, but you've got Bond. Is it now? Is it was it Spain? I can't remember where they have to travel to. Remember they go on the train. What, what, what yeah. was the death? Oh, it was uh, Morocco, wasn't it? Tangier. I can't remember. Was that Morocco? Is that, is that no, where they left to go somewhere? Uh, can't remember. But you know that that he's he's player, whatever it is, and obviously Bond escapes. Things start getting blown up. For me, it became very uh, PlayStation game where you've got, it's like you've got a hundred of Blofeld's guys all shooting, missing Bond, and Bond's got, you know, the gun and, you know, can't really miss <laughs> shooting everyone there. And it's uh, honestly, when you watch it, it's like a PlayStation game. It's, it's just quite amusing. But one of the things which I only noticed when re-watching it again for this is at the, the when the whole layer's starting to blow up, and I think that was a world record for the largest movie explosion. Uh, that was the first time I've noticed there's two cars driving away from it in opposite directions. I noticed that last night. I've seen that. <laughs> oh, that yeah. And who were the cars then? That would be a Blofeld making his escape. Yeah. All right, okay. So I was like, ah, see? Because then you think Blofeld's uh, obviously been blown up as well. But yeah, two cars drive off. So I'd never noticed that before. Um, okay, so we've we, got an Uber. Yeah, I've got an Uber. We've got an Uber. <laughs> hello, pal. So, hello, pal. How are you doing? It was Brian. Uh, so we get to the end of the movie. We get to the end of the movie, and it appears that Bond is leaving MI6, and he's going to head off with Madeline Swan, and that's him. Um, you remember at the time. When you seen it in the cinema, were you satisfied, Brother Paul? No, it just—I <clears throat> don't know. It almost became a bit like Austin Powers, you know, with the big bit at the end. And like I said, I don't think there was a great chemistry. And it's just a bit of a cliche, you know, like the Bond girls plays hard to get. Almost like she's like, "I'm not falling for you, James. I'm going to." be all strong and all that and you know it's you know it's gonna she's gonna succumb to his charm and but it's just like it's just like a bit of a cliche it's like I don't are know. you an advocate for women's rights paul i am yes <laughs> that's why she shouldn't have done it but it was almost like in the in the film though it was just, just very just put out love straight away stop playing hard to get yeah but you know what I mean? It was like she was almost, it was just sort of cliched though, how she was like, no, I'm not getting involved. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's James Bond. Is this the way you've led your life, Paul? No, I'm very respectful of females. What, 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 about, uh, what about you, Paul? What did you think of the ending? Um, if I could actually remember it, then I could tell you. Um, I'll say it was it was okay. I think it just okay. yeah, it was just like the whole film. Yeah, crying, quite um, emotional. Not really. I was a bit probably a bit sleepy actually, because um, <laughs> it was rather long. Uh, oh yeah, I thought okay, it was fine. The bond melts off into the sunsets. 
with his bird. Davy, sorry. No, no, I just cut you off there. Yeah, <laughs> I've no. heard enough. Fine, I'll see you later. I'm off. Bye. Yeah, no, I've, he- I've heard podcast. enough. I've heard enough from you, Paul. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Davy, what about you? Satisfied at the end? I think it makes a lot more sense um, once you've seen the final film mm-hmm. um, and the way that's basically setting up to the, the next one, but you're not really aware of that at the time. So you're used to seeing Bond attempting re-entry <laughs> one last time before he moves on to his next Bond woman, um, yeah. which that you didn't get in this case. But I think uh, looking back at it, it certainly fits in with the, 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 the grand narrative of the whole five-film sequence. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was like, mm-hmm, okay. Okay. Um, well, let's rank it, guys. And so, I was just going to say before we... Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we haven't really talked about. I know we talked a wee bit about the song, but I'm going to be. Con- I actually like the song, and I like not necessarily the vocals, but I actually like the music behind it. I think it's a really nice theme. Actually, I quite like the the theme, but I still think Radiohead's version would have been better. Uh, their version, yes. Uh, but but no, yeah. I I quite like the theme. I have to say. Yeah, I agree on yes, that. That uh, part that, that I like it as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Oscar-winning theme. I know. Mm-hmm. I think that was yep. the first one. It's no, it was the uh, second. second one because eh? uh, Adele. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's rank it then. So, is is Spectre top, middle, or lower Daniel Craig Bond tier? So, I'm going to come to you, Davy, first. Hello. Um, Already got one in the lower tier, and that's uh, justifiably so. I think this one straddles the lower middle one. Okay, so you're going to probably go middle for this one? Yeah. Okay, middle it is. uh, Brother Paul? I think it's going in the bottom for me. (laughs) Oh, you dirty boy. Um, (laughs) Paul? Paul? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's... um... Are you putting bottom it in your bottom middle. as well? Yes, bottom of the middle tier. <laughs> right, you have to make middle it, of my it, bottom. It, yeah, so it's, middle it's, of my it's, bottom. It's going in the middle, but the bottom of your middle, so to speak. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, well, I'm going to put it in uh, middle tier uh, for, for this one. Um, I think there's a lot to like about this movie. I think there's half a really good movie here. But uh, yeah, falls apart a little bit in in the second half. Okay, let's move on to our final movie, 2021's No Time to Die, and here's its trailer. Why would I betray you? We all have our secrets. We just didn't get to yours yet. The world is arming faster than we can respond. Where's 007? I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust for this. The world's moved on, Commander Bond. You were double O? Two years. So stay in your lane. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee. I thought you two would get along. Name? Bond. 
James Bond. So you're not dead? Hello, Q. I've missed you. It's the most valuable asset this country has. If you feel yourself losing control, I'm not going to lose. Control. James, you gave up everything for her. When her secret finds its way out, it'll be the death of you. What is it? You don't know what this is. James Bond. License to kill. History of violence. I could be speaking to my own reflection. Only your skills die with your body. Mine will survive long after I'm gone. History isn't kind to men who play God. advice would you say to who give to whoever that person is when that noise starts to blow up around them hey, what you, advice would you give you've them? got to ignore it you've got to kind of you know literally it's it's like a, an old adage but you can only control the things you can control and that's that's nothing there's nothing you can do it's sort of like kind of like major bullying it's like whatever it is you've got you've got to just basically block it out and get on with your your business yeah and, and do do your job do the best you can and then you know, that's it, really. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a ride. I mean, Piers Brosnan said it to me, and I went and saw him um, when I just got the part, and he was brilliant. He just said, just enjoy the ride, just enjoy it. And I, yeah. and I, you know, I just started enjoying it about a year ago. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, and... It is good. I mean, it's much better than I had expected. It's not perfect, but it is a really solid Bond movie. Not least because, like on Her Majesty's Secret Service, the score of which Hans Zimmer quotes very early on in the film, and which kind of hangs over the movie like an inspirational cloud, it has a plot in which loss is an actual thing, an, an actual possibility. Um, when you look back at the history of Bond, you know, the early Bond movies with Connery, they did become increasingly pain-free and, I think, you know, therefore threat-free. Then after Connery left, well, there was Lazenby and then Connery again, but it, Lazenby stepped in for Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which was the first Bond movie that really had, you know, proper personal consequences. So No Time to Die was released in 2021. It was directed by Kari Joli Fukunawa. I have to watch how you say that. Uh, the plot for this one, <laughs> in No Time to Die, Bond has left active service and is enjoying a tranquil life in Jamaica. His peace is short-lived when his old friend Felix Leiter from the CIA turns up asking for help. And um, the brother from Langley. The, the brother from Langley. <laughs> is there with his cigar. Uh, so the mission to rescue a kidnapped scientist turns out to be far more treacherous than expected, leading Bond onto the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. So the gross for this one, it grossed 774 million US dollars worldwide on a budget of between 250 and 301 million. So not all that different 
to Spectre. And and I, I probably should be noted as well, this was released as we were kind of coming out of the, the lockdown and pandemic, which uh, would have had an impact on its box office. Uh, but yeah, profit multiplier, taking into account the higher figure, it made over two and a half times its budget, and it was the fourth highest grossing movie worldwide in 2021. The Marvel Spider-Man sequel, No Way Home, took the number one slot that year, and it is the third highest grossing Bond movie of all time. Uh, Ratings-wise, done very well, so 83% fresh Rotten Tomatoes score from the critics, 68 out of 100 on the critic meta score on IMDb, an 88% Rotten Tomatoes audience score and a 7.3 out of 10 IMDb audience rating. And, well, I'm sure we'll be talking about her very, very shortly, but a fact for you, Anna uh, Diarmaz, who plays Paloma, was so worried that her action sequences would not be good enough with only three weeks of training. She has shared, I kept telling Carrie, I just have three weeks of training, and I said it so many times, you said, say that in the movie. Her line to Bond that she had been training for three weeks, more or less, was kept in the final version and is a funny line. Uh, and in summary, it isn't the sleekest or most daring 007 adventure, but No Time to Die concludes Daniel Craig's franchise tenure in a satisfying style. Was it satisfying for you, Davey? I'm going to hang my colours to the mast and say I think this is probably the best James Bond movie out of all of them. <laughs> and I think... You're, you're uh, the, pulling our legs. No, I think the payoff for the, the the four movies you've had to go through prior to that, I think the payoff that this one gives is brilliant. Um, like the opening scene is incredible. The where the well, the two opening scenes really are incredible. I think the music by Hans Zimmer, using quite a lot of Bond themes and making them his own. I think the music's brilliant it's been really well directed the action scenes in it are great and that ending (laughs) yeah um i I think your mic might be broken uh davy i think i think you were saying this is the best james bond movie of all time (laughs) surely we picked that up wrong nope (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i agree with you actually on the, the the soundtrack because uh, I was listening to it earlier on today, the the Amazon exclusive gold double vinyl, uh, just to get me in the mood for the for it. So yeah, I, I'd actually like to see Hans Zimmer come back and do another uh, James Bond score. So yeah, you love you you love this movie then, Davey. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Uh, are you Excellent. telling me you think this is better than Man with the Golden Gun? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, you're telling me oh, that, this is that, better that, than that Quantum could... of Solace. <laughs> 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 or die another day. How dare you? <laughs> How many times uh, well, is that in I think it's only the Bond film that features an F-bomb and a C-bomb, even though it was in Spanish from uh, Ana de Armas. As soon as she said that, she goes, Gonyo. I'm like, hey, she just said this word. <laughs> Which probably people in Spain would have noticed, but not everyone in the yeah. English speaking territories. But she just, she just went. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, and the, uh... that, that fight scene in itself is brilliant. Um, 
I think the idea of the 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 nano blood or especially the obviously probably thought about before COVID, but I think that would uh, appeal to the vaccine skeptics, conspiracy theorists. That would be a quite scary thing to think of this going into your blood and then taking it over. Well, um, thanks for that, Davey. Uh, I'm going to go to your brother now. So, Paul, uh, uh, are you as big a fan of this movie as your brother? Uh, I liked it a lot, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, not sure it was the best Bond film of all time, but it's certainly right at the top. Uh, although it was quite long, I think it was over two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel yeah, like it. Was it. 40 and it long, the longest like Bond film, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't feel like well, it. Uh, went by very quickly and um, there's some a lot of cracking action um i wasn't sure about Rami malik so i didn't i thought he was okay as the villain um but the rest of the rest of the film the rest of the characters were superb and i love the opening sequence but also i love the ending as well with uh madeline driving away mm-hmm. and uh, we have all the time in the world in the, the background, so it was, a, it was an excellent film. It was a <laughs> Sorry, great I'm just finish. imagining Daniel Craig waving at the back of the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was an excellent film. Comes on or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you've got you've got and Christoph Waltz pops up. Hello, they shoot Madeline. Drives them off the road. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was um, a really good film and a brilliant way to end um, Daniel Craig's stint as Bond. Okay, so high, high praise, high praise indeed. Well, you know, another thing that would have been great if uh, when Remy Malik is talking to Daniel Craig when he's in his lair, if he'd just burst into Bohemian Rhapsody or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can dream we can dream so well two rave uh, rave reviews there uh, brother Paul uh, are you going to be as, as, an, as enthusiastic uh, Paul's going to drag it down Let's hear it. I know I'm going to come in on that uh, no I just because I know there's a lot of anticipation because I know this film was going to save the movie industry like cinemas because it was like the first film like or maybe not the first but one of the big major ones uh, to get people back to the cinemas, but for me, it's just—it's just not James Bond for me. I—I I don't know. Just—I mean, there's good bits in it, but it's just yeah. It's that thing like the previous one where they're trying to piece everything together, and I would say uh, Madeline Swan's better in this one. Mm-hmm. She, she's, but Rami Malek, who I think is quite a good actor, I think he's quite. I almost want to laugh every time he comes on the screen and he puts that voice on. <laughs> you know, it's almost like he's, I don't know, in a spoof Austin Powers one or something, you know. <laughs> and for me, it just didn't feel, feel like a James Bond film. The, probably the best, but that was quite, the bit that was quite emotional was probably when uh, Felix dies. I think that was quite, a, quite an emotional mm-hmm. bit. But the yeah. bit at the end for me, it's just... No. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, stick, let's stick with it then. Uh, because, I mean, 
we'll stick with maybe the ending. Um, but for for me, this is like the the last Jedi of James Bond movies. So kind of six years later, I still don't know if I like The Last Jedi. Uh, and it's the same with No Time to Die. Because the same with Jedi, there's so much to like in it. Like, you know, uh, 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 it's beautifully shot. The music's great. It's really well acted. Um, I like the plot, you know, a very timely plot as well. Very, um, very relevant. And there's so much to like in it. The same with The Last Jedi, but... I, I, I think they, I kind of I get to the end of it. Think, do I, you know, did I like that movie? I think they've acclimatised you. To, how long have we go, been going on for? When was Doctor No released? Sixty-two. Sixty-two. So sixty, 60 years. years. So we've been this spec. Well, Bond's always going to be all right, no matter what happens. You'll get out of this situation. Um, it's a suspension of disbelief that you know it's going to happen, but you don't care anyway. So when the ending of this film came up, you were almost like jolted out your seat, like, hang on a minute, what's going on here? You, I know, you can't shocked. This, 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 no, that's not going to happen, surely not. I think, wait a minute. It's not until you see the missiles right on the top of your seat. You're like, oh, wait a minute, can do this? And it's almost like unbelievable. It's like, and I, I think, uh, I think it's a brilliant way, even if that was like the way they, decided to they were going to film the whole franchise forever but just didn't tell anyone they were going to do it and it was almost like a stanley kubrick moment like where like the shining where halloran or halloran was supposed to be the hero of the movie but as soon as he steps into the overlook hotel he gets axed to death by um jack nicholson and people that read the book are like no wait a minute and it just set them on edge for the rest of the film whereas this is like if they genuinely had said right Keep it quiet. There could be broccoli, or the broccoli's don't want to make any more. But keep it quiet. We'll pretend that they do. And then this was just the actual end of the franchise. It'd be like, well played, well played. You've you've pulled a blinder there. But we all know he's got to come back in some form or other. But the way they ended that movie was just incredible. Yeah, I think like it highlighted for me that it was time for Daniel Craig to call it a day as well. I think I don't know, just like this film and the previous film. It's I mean, I mean the thing is, I know a lot of people really dug the <laughs> dug the death at the the end. I I was kind of expecting because I'd read a few things um, as to why Danny Boyle had left. I think That's Danny right, Boyle didn't Danny that, Boyle yeah. didn't want to do that, and I think that was one of the reasons why he left the production. Um, and I think Daniel Craig was quite insistent on it, which. You know, f- fair play to him, but for me, it's just smacked of ego. I'm going to be the one that gets killed at the end. And, and, and what I would have preferred, uh, personally, is, and it's another one we'll talk about, which is Bond as a dad. And what I would have preferred if Madeline maybe had got killed, which you could argue is maybe too similar to On a Majesty's Secret Service, but this time round, it ends with him leaving MI6, but he's now a dad. So at least he has the happiness in that, and it's um, and I would have liked that ending, uh, but yeah. But let's talk. Let's talk about the, the 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 that twist where he was a dad. Now I went to see this again in IMAX when it came out uh, the opening weekend with Alison, and uh, unusually she was the one that spotted something. I I never clocked 
that she was pregnant. Alison spotted it. She went, oh, yeah. When she's on the train, she puts her hand to her stomach. I went, oh, I never noticed that. Maybe she had too much to eat on the train or something. Yeah, I know. I went there, <laughs> uh, so she had noticed that. And I went, no, I've I, I never seen that coming at all. And I quite like that, you know, Bond uh, being the dad. Were you guys the same? Yeah, I thought it was a genuine, like, almost short, like, James Bond's a dad. I mean, he's probably a dad a hundred times. I know, he's probably not the first one. And he's got lots of kids he's not claiming. He'll have the CSE after him, eh? Yeah. Probably blew himself up to avoid all the alimony. Yeah, or too many claim, claims coming in. Just send in 10 minutes. Files. <laughs> That's easier. Thanks very much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we, we, I think we've no, nobody thought that was a bad move. I having, did. Uh, that plot development. You did? I would have thought it was bad if Huddy survived. Like, like, why are you giving James Bond a child? Like, I'm not going to watch, like, a ne- next movie where he's, like, going about where he's, like, muck in a... <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. I'm not having this. Oh, he, he can only do it part time just to pay for childcare instead. Sorry. I'm going to get back I'm, to the way and I've got to read our story. Sorry, Blofeld, as you go. Sorry, it's a nativity play today. I can't, I can't come out. He was out. born in Sun. Yeah, no. Uh, can, I, can I do a condensed hours? Um? <laughs> yeah. I, think, I, think, I think as soon as you get can I work from home, he actually had to yeah. die. <laughs> can I he get him on the off, please? <laughs> as, soon, yeah. as soon as he, as soon right, as he so gave him the child, I think the man with the golden dummy. Had to die. <laughs> yeah. No, the alternative that would be that the child had to die, and that nobody wants to see that. Bond on revenge yeah. because of the death of his child. Like, no, no. It worked out the right way, I think. Uh, I'm sorry, Q, I need to go to Aldi's to get some bread before it shuts. <laughs> to get some barley yeah. us. <laughs> I, uh, I know that they had um, Phoebe Waller Smith come in to do a rewrite of the script, and I think you can tell a lot of the lines that are hers. Uh, I think there's a lot of really good humour and one-liners in this movie. I think the one that made that's, me laugh that's was... That's another thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think where the, they meet the the CIA guy that's with Lighter, it's like, where'd you find the Book of Mormon? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the bit where the Bond goes back to MI6 and, in, and to the, the guy at reception's asking, yes, and he has to... <laughs> Well, your name is like Bond, James Bond, right? You know? <laughs> so there's lo- lots of really good, good stuff in there. I like, like one that. as well. Um, at towards the end, where he is like, I was talking to Q. He's like, I, I showed him your watch. It blew his mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a lot, lot of good uh, humor that was in this that was missing from previous ones, and that's that's another reason why I like it so much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and well, we we better start talking about uh, one of the the performers in this who I think we all agreed was was excellent, uh, and one of the highlights, which was Anna de Armas, mm. uh, who was uh, I forget now who she played as well. Paloma. 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 So yeah, Anna de Armas playing Paloma, uh, one of the highlights of the movie. Uh, what made that whole, obviously the scene with her in Cuba, what made it such a good scene? 
good action scene, good build up, and so and such like. Brother Paul, coming to you first. Yeah, it's good because because like the bit you were saying there about she'd only been in training for three weeks. So that's quite clever that actually that, that had actually happened, and that they put that in. She's she's only in it quite briefly though, isn't she? She's not in. She there. is. Wish she was in yeah. it more. Mm-hmm. But no, that's she was. Yeah, she was good, and she's she's certainly done well for herself now. You know, she's in a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of big films. So yeah, I felt like she was underused in it almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, it's I think one of the big things with her. Um, if if you want maybe what the modern Bond women should be, it's her, right? You know, obviously beautiful, intelligent, funny, um, and can kick butt. You know. Judy Dench. Um, Judy Dench, <laughs> and, yeah. And drink drinks her liquor. <laughs> and drink, yeah, no bother at all, yeah. Uh so Davy, a fan of Anna? Yes, I think that's one of the <laughs> most impressive scenes in the movie. Uh, just a fan <laughs> of the bar. <laughs> no, the, the action scenes in that are brilliant. Uh, the like you say, if she's only had three weeks of training, then can I go and uh, get her training because she was brilliant. She was all flying about all over the place. It took me about six months to even get past five five k, and I wanna. <laughs> Very good, uh, and Paul. Yeah, I thought she was she was really good. Um, I liked how she fended off Bond quite confidently, instead mm-hmm. of falling from like a lot of other Bond girls. I think that was um, quite a nice change, and yeah, the action sequences were superb as well. Mm-hmm. And she okay. drops a sea bomb <laughs> yeah, in Espanol. Yes, you know, was yeah. a, a PG thirteen or was it a twelve E? Yeah, and um, but yeah, I mean, I think for me, the, the highlight of this movie is is the the pre title, which is nearly half an hour, an hour long. That, that I think the stuff in Italy, especially, is just beautifully shot. Great soundtrack, great action. Love the callback to Vesper going to her grave. And then again, the surprise, the spectre bomb, boom, um, there, and then the, the ensuing action. And again, it doesn't end how you think it's going to. Or obviously, Bond's distrust of Madeline, off she goes. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> see if the movie ended there. I would have been quite happy. <laughs> Brilliant. Great 30 minutes. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, we never talked about the theme tune, Billy Eilish. Uh, anybody have that? The, Near the top of their favourite um, Bond uh, f- theme tunes. I was going to say um, when I first heard it, I thought this is a bit boring. But then after seeing the film, I think it fits perfectly with the the theme of the film, so the mood of the film. And mm-hmm. um, and it's it's it grew on me, and um, I do like it. It's quite haunting. But I think it matches the the film. Sort of sentiment of the film. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yep, I, I liked it after seeing the movie and hearing the full soundtrack where it's kind of integrated into that as well. Uh, Brother yeah. Paul? Yeah, I just think it's a bit boring, a bit flat. It's just like, I think there's been so many Bond films that have been quite down and it's like, we want to get one, you know, I, I think the next one, they need to up the pace a bit, you know, the next theme, because they're just, they all seem to be similar and and you know, I, I think it'd be good to have like a 
sort of live and let die or a view to a kill or, you know, my name, I think they really need to get that back in the next one because the last few have just been a bit, I mean, it's a decent song, but it doesn't really sound any different from the other ones. Or, yeah, but what was quite funny, because I remember getting the song at the time it came out, because obviously the film was going to, I think it was originally supposed to be come out Easter, wasn't it? 2021 mm-hmm. or 2020? Mm-hmm. I was pushed back from 2020 originally, yeah. So I remember this, you had the song, and of course, you didn't see the film for another, what, year, was it? Two, two years, was it, no? Yeah, nearly, year. nearly. I it was supposed to be like November 2020, it was coming out in. Yeah, so mm. it, it, was, it was supposed to come out, I'm sure it was Easter 2020. It, it was. Come, like, yeah, because the song, the song came out when I was in Florida in 2020, out. so that was February. It came out in February 2020, the song. So it's funny having like a year and a half until the film came out, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Having the song, uh, but I do, I do get what you are saying as well. I think when you see the film, you appreciate the song more. But it's just, it's just a bit like we mm, want something a bit more <laughs> upbeat for the next one. <laughs> okay, nice, nice impression of Billie Eilish there, uh, Davy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, as Paul said, it's a, it was a grower, not a shower. <laughs> the way you live your life, Davy. <laughs> we were a bit unimpressed as time went on. Excellent. I think, Excellent. I think the way it, it is a, a good song in the orchestration way with Hans Zimmer is good, and the way it was like interplayed into the, the actual soundtrack throughout the film was. Really well done. It's a real, really good use of the the theme tune and the and the cues and that, and like combined with Hans Zimmer doing like old school Bond cues, um, and like even like bumping up up again. I thought it was. I thought it just played tied in to make the perfect Bond movie. Yeah, and uh, Johnny uh, Smith. Johnny Marr. Johnny Marr. Johnny Smith. Johnny Marr Johnny the Smith. Johnny Marr the Smiths on it, yeah. Johnny Smith the Mars. <laughs> Johnny Smith, who comes from Mars and eats Twix. So let's rank this movie then, guys. Um, so I, I can already predict where Paul and Davey are going uh, here. But, so I'm going to start with Brother Paul. Are you going to rank this movie top middle or lower tier? I think the film is quite rank, so I'm going to rank it uh, bottom tier. Oof. Davey. Oof. Top of the top tier. Oh. Top tier. Okay. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go middle again. Uh what's the light in it? But yeah. You're gonna uh, be Switzerland. <laughs> uh yeah, no, there's lots to like in it, uh, but it's still- just don't think it holds together uh, in the end, and I, I totally disagree with that ending, which may, is maybe the primary reason. I it's can't. not a Bond film. Enjoy that. I do, I do. It's exhausting. It's like going to the gym for ten hours straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so intense, but it's good. <laughs> it's good. There are worse jobs. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> the dress, you'll see it, it's like I'm almost naked. Really? For the okay. real Cuba. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for this weather. Oh. Um, 
but it's really, it looks so nice. It's really, it's beautiful. And it just moves really, really nice. It's funny, we're covering some bruises and we're making <laughs> other bruises. Anyway, so that is a rankings for those two movies. It's now time to rank all five of Daniel Craig's in order of preference. So I'm going to come to you, Brother Paul, first. Um, so you have, you have to rank. Uh, where are we? So yes, you've got Casino Royale, you've got Quantum of Solace, you've got Skyfall, Spectre, and New Time to Die. So I'll go. I'll go from the the bottom upwards, uh, from the the, the least favourite. <laughs> so at number five, I would say would be Spectre. Number four. Quantum of Solace, number three, No Time to Die, number two, Skyfall, number one, Casino Royale. Okay, thank you. Uh, Davey? Um, right, reverse order. Obviously, fifth is going to be Quantum of Shite, uh, Solace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, where are we going after that? Spectre would be number four. Maybe a bit controversial to um, Casino Royale, number three. And number two would be Skyfall. And the top would be No Time to Die. Mm -hmm. Okay, Paul. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go the other way, top down. I would say number one would be Casino Royale. Uh, Number two, No Time to Die. Number three, Skyfall, four, Spectre, and five, the film that shall not be named, Quantum of Solace. Okay. Uh, For me, uh, fifth, I would have Quantum of Solace. Fourth, I would have Spectre. Third, No Time to Die. Second, Skyfall. First, Casino Royale. Okay, so, well, let's finish with two questions. And the first one is, how would you rate Daniel Craig's tenure as Bond? So I'm going to stick with you, Paul. Um, As a Bond, as the character, I think he's second only to Big Tam. Mm -hmm. I think he's, he's a really good Bond. He was more, I think he was closer to the actual character than the stories. A real hard nut uh, with a mm-hmm. bit of a sense of humour, um, and I thought, yeah, I thought he was he was excellent as Bond. He was quite refreshing uh, from previous Bonds, and quite quite of a darker character as well. You know, not as he was jovial as some of the other ones, mm-hmm. but I think a more realistic, more realistic Bond according to the okay. stories. Tenko, Brother Paul. I mean, he was brilliant. Casino Royale, absolutely fabulous. And, and you know, brought, brought Bond back to, to being relevant again, really, after Die Another Day and Invisible Cars. And so, I mean, what he did was amazing. And I was also really happy for him because he got a lot of stick at the time when mm-hmm. he was announced. You know, when he was doing the River Thames and he had to wear the life jacket and he was kind of getting slagged by the press and fans 
So I was glad that he kind of showed them actually, do you know what? I'm going to make the best, possibly best Bond film ever, never mind my debut. The sad thing is I don't think he ever really kicked on from that. So I don't, when I look about his films, I don't really, Skyfall was good, really good, but I don't think he really kicked on sadly with the films it never really took off from Casino Royale for me which is a shame because I thought he was brilliant but it might be the films as well not necessarily him but but no he, he was he was brilliant but I think it was the right time for him to to die <laughs> so 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 there was time to die yeah. okay uh, Davey I think um, he's got the title of having the best Bond film and the worst Bond film uh, <laughs> thrown up for me. Um, I reckon he probably could have potentially been the best Bond if they just cut out that quantum of solace. Um, if he just made the four without that and if we just pretend he never made it, he's probably right up there. But obviously I do, I do love my Roger Moore and that's a completely different style of Bond and the films are a completely different style from uh, the new age when they've perfected all the special effects. Uh, there's no ropey, <laughs> as you see, all the stuff with the invisible cars or going back to the back to the older films as well, where it's just a wee bit creaky, some of the, the special effects. But I think uh, if he's trained well for it. He, he looked the part, uh, even like in his final movie there, he's probably a wee bit probably ages with Roger Moore, but he certainly doesn't look like Roger Moore in the, no. his final bond hmm. out, and he still looks uh, very, very well-built. So that would be it. He's, he's definitely up there, but if you've only got rid of that, that, that absolute turkey of a movie that he made after after building up such a, a good name for himself in the first one. Yeah. Uh, I, I find it very hard to kind of rate the different Bond actors because they all bring really something very different to it um, and they all define the time that they're they're made but I think uh, he was an excellent James Bond I think as I said in the previous pod it was a masterstroke that he, because he was quite a skinny guy it was mm-hmm. a masterstroke deciding to make the move to to bulk up uh, to, and that was really to prove any doubt or wrong that this guy could be born, it's like he could handle himself. He had the physique and he had that great kind of arrogant attitude the way he played it as well, which I, I really, really liked. Uh, I do think sometimes he was let down by some of the movies and some of the choices that were were made. And I do think it's a missed opportunity. We never got to see just a standalone Bond adventure, just a, a traditional, right? You have a fun pre-title, then afterwards, he goes into the, you know, M's office to get his assignment, and he goes off on the mission, and it's just you know self-contained, and that's a shame we never got at least one movie with that, um, because yes, it was it was a necessary move, the route that did go down, and Daniel Craig was the right actor for it, as in, and obviously it was much more influenced by the likes of the Bourne movies and Batman Begins. It was the right move to go down the more realistic. Uh, route uh, where they're obviously more about feelings and and uh, what can ha- what are the consequences of your actions. That was totally the right the right move, but yeah, it just would have been nice to have had that that standalone fun adventure. Do you, 
Yeah. Do you not think that he almost took almost like 20 years before he almost like took, it was almost like the public was ready for a different bond where like Timothy Dalton and Licence to Kill who actually I don't think these guys like that film but I think it's one of the best Bond films and mm, I think love, it's love it. It's only it's only really been appreciated in, in later years and I think it was almost like the public maybe wasn't ready for it, but they were ready for it at that point when Casino Royale came out. But I think it takes a lot of it from Timothy Dalton, actually, the way Timothy Dalton was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's almost like but it was the right time to do it now, maybe. He mm-hmm. did it. Well, here's the final question. Uh, what do we want from the next incarnation of Bond? And do you have a actor in mind who you would like to see take up? the role so I'll stick with you brother Paul at first I thought the guy the Scottish guy that was in Game of Thrones and he was in Richard Madley Madden no I think I think he I think he would be good uh, other than that I don't really know to be honest and did he go back to yeah because I, I think they have to, like you were saying, I think they have to go back to separate films rather than trying to make it like a big jigsaw puzzle. I think they have to go back to like standalone films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Davey? What about maybe they've just seen the formula out too much and they should officially just stop now instead of carry on for the next 100 years? Can they reinvent it? That's That's the problem, so... It'd be interesting to see what happens next time because of all the things that have gone before it. So they need to do something special to make people want to keep seeing it. Um, mm-hmm. What's that, 60 years it's been going on? Mm-hmm. Like even people are getting sick of the Halloween movies now. It's like, and they still watch them, but we need to... I've not got that to remind, but they need to either go back to like a younger version of Bond, like in his 20s or something like that. Get a young actor to play him, or I don't, I don't know how they're going to go forward, but be interested to see anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul, yeah, I'm sort of agree with Davey actually. I mean, is it a good idea to have another Bond film after so long and after that ending as well? I think if they didn't have that ending, if they didn't kill him off, then yeah, there'd be scope for another film, I suppose, but. Yeah, I think it's had its day. I think I'd be surprised if they did find if they did start another film. I know they're talking about it, but they always talk about it. And I think if they do go back to it, it would have to be a standalone film, like you said. I think it should not have like a, like a series uh, sort of linked together. It should just be a sort of a standalone film with a lot more action, a bit more joviality, a bit more comedy, you know, instead of all doom and gloom all the time and, you know, sort of serious storylines, make it a bit of fun. Um, as to who would be the Bond actor, I honestly don't know. I can't think of anyone who would sort of fit the bill at this mm-hmm. time. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I'd be surprised if there would be another one in the next few years. If at all, and I suppose there isn't a rush, really, is there? Really, there's not a rush. Yeah. 
But if it were to stop, then I think no time to die mm-hmm. is the ideal place to stop, as David said. And I wouldn't be upset if there wasn't another Bond film again. I actually think it would have been good if they'd stopped at Skyfall because there was a conclusion there. There was a new M and it could have been, they could have finished it there as well. Yeah. I think it was right to carry on after Skyfall. Um, just that Spectre was a bit of a mishmash. It was a bit too long and a lot of it was contrived. And then I think it was after Spectre, it was right to tie it off with No Time to Die. And now they've had that ending. Um, I think it'd be a good place to stop. And I'm not desperate for another Bond film. I'm not uh, eager for another Bond film. And if there was yeah. never another one made again, then if there wasn't another one made again, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be bothered about it at all. Would we all pay to go and see any movie? Oh, oh yeah, go. Yeah. So, 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 so there will be another movie. <laughs> so. Um, Right, so yeah, I mean there will be another movie, um, that that's for sure. But uh, for me, yeah, what I'd like them to do is, uh, as a couple of you guys have said, is go back to. I think they need to go more fun again. I think we've had the for what fifteen years or so, we've had a more darker take on Bond, a uh, more serious take. I think we need something a bit more light-hearted again. And Bond always does that. It kind of changes with the times. I think we're ready for something more light-hearted. Uh, yeah, the standalone type adventures that you can take your kids along to see and you can watch on a bank holiday uh, at three o'clock in the afternoon. I think we're ready for that again. Who to who's who can play it? I don't know. I mean, obviously, a lot of famous names get talked about. I, I wouldn't be too disappointed if it was um, someone who is fairly unknown who took up the role mm-hmm. and this made them, you know, a big star. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but. I, I think, as you say, Paul, we're not going to see one, a new movie, certainly, and for the next couple of years. Um, I think you'll pro- probably be looking at, what, 20, 2026, 2027, before we get the next one, I would say. Once again, yeah, I'll make sure I'm it's short. Well. Instead of two hours, 40 minutes, make sure it's just about, yeah. about two hours. Yeah, yeah. Back let's in the old back days, to, we are, yeah. it was only long under, because they had the adverts and the news at 10. Yeah, let's get back to under two hours. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. I'm going to throw a name out there for the next Bond. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yeah, but look at the dark baby. All he sees is a jacket. <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Because Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio is too old to play him, but I think he could fit in there, I think. And he's like, what, 40? So he's got another 15 years stint in him. Oh, he needs to be Bond needs to be British or Irish. <laughs> I know I know George Lazenby. It's called acting, my dear boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well anyway, on that bombshell, um we've we've got that obviously recorded. Davy's tip for Ryan Gosling. Let's see if it comes to fruition. <laughs> So, Paul and David, thank you for joining us for these last two pods and sharing your opinion on the, the five movies. Very much appreciated. And thanks to you for listening. If you have want to weigh in or to give us your thoughts on Daniel Craig's James Bond movies, please feel free to get in touch. You can find how to get in touch with us in the show notes. And do come back 
next month for, well, we're kind of sticking with the spying and espionage side of things. So we're going to do a two-parter on the, the Mission Impossible series. Uh, and that's kind of tying in with the new movie coming out, part uh, the part seven. So we're, we're going to take a look at Mission Impossible 1 to 3 next month. Uh, Davey and Paul, you might want to rejoin us for that. I don't, I don't know you guys Mission Impossible fans. I haven't seen any of them. Have you not? Oh, they're probably. That, that, <laughs> that would make you a really good guest. Go out and watch them. Yeah, I can. No, they're brilliant. <laughs> what? I mean, it's seven of them. Six, six currently. Six. Oh, God. And the um, actually, one of them not, not like two parts, though. The next no. one, yeah, is a two parter. Yeah. Was oh, the next one a two? Yeah. Was it not one before the two parter, no? No. No. no it's the next one that's two parter. Right. So they're doing a Harry Potter movie. Six, six mm. and one last was a two-parter. Yeah. Uh, I think so. So yeah, uh, come back, come back for that because I think yeah, especially Mission Impossible one, two, and three is very much a, a mixed, a mixed bag. So looking forward to discussing them. Uh, not looking forward to having to rewatch Mission Impossible two again in preparation. Yes, that's probably one of the. Yeah, Which one was that? I think. The, the John Woo one. Australia. It's like an MTV ah, right, video. Okay. <laughs> ah, right, okay, I think I gave up after the third one. Uh, the third what? one was on the was it in the Dubai on the plane. What's uh, one that's take, climbing up the Khalifa level? The was Khalaf. That's uh, four. I might have might have seen that. I might have missed you actually. <laughs> I actually think uh, they've got better, believe it or not. I actually think they got better each film, certainly the last three. Four, five, or six are, are excellent, mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The last one, six, was... Well, oh, we yeah. kind of jump at the gun. I think the, the, the last one was the best one. Brilliant, mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. brilliant. Uh, maybe my favourite movie released that year. Tremendous stuff. Anyway, that's for another time and another place. So, we... Uh, well, we've got uh, no time to die, that's for sure, but we do have to make time now to go off and uh, eat food and drink some tea or whatever at this point. Mm-hmm. So come back for Mission Impossible, and until then, keep trimming.